0: Alhamdulillah, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala من الله وتعالى for the gift of being guided by him to that which is better Allah said in the Quran it is he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who guides to that which is better. Nobody else can guide you to that, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, that which is better for us is to be in close relationship with Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be built directly to Him without knowing the path to Him. And in order for us to know the path to Him, He has... Sent the messengers to us. And the messengers, their role is to explain, to educate, to guide, and to show the people how to be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how to travel the path or the journey in order for them to come, or in order for them to achieve the position that Allah wants them to be in. Because that position is not by our doing, not by our choice. It is by his guidance, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, for us as Muslims, we know our guy Sayyidina Muhammad, but we neglect that those who should guide us through that journey is his family and the guided, righteous people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed his love into their hearts. Now this is not easy. Many people claim to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many people claim they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah has made it clearly. Our faith has one foundation. And that foundation is loving Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu Without it, you have no iman. This is a condition. Rasulullah <laughs> sallallahu alayhi wa said in the hadith, La yu'minu ahadukum. None of you will become a true believer until he loves me more than his own soul that is inside his body between his two sides. Nobody. And in another hadith, until he loves me more than his parents, his partner, his children, his worldly belonging, and anything else. Anything else. You must love Rasulullah Sallam more than anything. Then you have the strong foundation of being able to claim that you love Allah. Allah said it in the Quran to make it easier. Say to them, O oh Muhammad Sallam, if they claim to love me as their Lord Allah, they must follow you. So here, if you claim to love Allah, you must follow Muhammad. If you follow Muhammad, maybe then you can achieve his love. So they say the love of Muhammad can only be achieved by two. Remembering Muhammad and making a lot of okay salawat for him plus following his example. And his example is there in the seerah. From the time he wakes up وسلم, to the time he goes to bed. That's what we need to do. But for me, the neglected part is not realizing that his family is a part of this equation. The Quran states, I Allah al-Rajim. Say to them, O oh, Muhammad. I will not ask you, for that which I am delivering to you the message, any reward, any payment. Ajr in Arabic literally means to give somebody okay, a price for what they are giving to you to compensate them. It's a wage. Ajr. I am not asking you any reward, any payment. The only thing I am asking you is to be close. And good to those who descend from me. My family. al fi al Be nice to my family. Be good to my family. This is what the Quran is said Now, Umar ibn Abi Salama, one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, said, لما هذه الآية على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم, when this verse came to the Prophet ﷺ, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمُ الرِّجْسِ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ تَطْهِيرًا Indeed Allah only wants to remove any unseen thing that can take you away from Allah, things that are impure, O family of the Prophet so that you are totally purified for his sake. Literally, the, the meaning of the verse, O family of Muhammad, Allah wants to cleanse you totally from anything that can distance you from Him. Because if you are distant from Muhammad, you will be distant from Allah. And this is really serious. If you are not close to Muhammad, you are further away from Allah. A hadith that I always read to myself, the Prophet says, أَقْرَبَكُمْ مِنِّي مَجْلِسًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَكْثَرَكُمْ عَلَيَّ salatan. He said The closest to me in the day of judgment from amongst you is the one who has said a lot of salawat for me. Allahumma salli So uh, the more you say, the more closer you draw yourself to Prophet And every salah he guaranteed will be written as 10 salawat. And every salah, if it is a reward, is ten good deeds, multiplied, Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullah, how are you? Welcome, Sidi. Okay? Every salah, if it is multiplied by ten, that can become a hundred, that can become a thousand. And this is really, really, really important to do more and wanting more because the more you do, the closer to the Prophet uh, you are drawn. And this, came to him in the house of Umm Salama, the wife of Rasulullah Sallam. This verse was revealed to the Prophet in the, in the house of Umm Salamah when it was revealed. Now, straight away, he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, called upon Fatima, Hassan, Hussain, فجلل لهم وعلى خلف ظهره فجلله فأذهب عنهم الرجس وطهرهم تطهيرا. فدعى بفاطمة وحسن وحسين فجللهم بكساء. وعلي خلف ظهره فجلله له بكساء. ثم قال اللهم هؤلاء أهل بيتي فأذهب عنهم الرجس وتطهيرهم تطهيرا. When the verse came إنما يريض الله ليذهب عنكم الرجسة أهل البيت ويطهيركم تطهيرا. Oh the family of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Your Lord is only wanting to cleanse you from anything that can distance you from him so that you are not distanced from Allah. This is what Allah loves for you. He immediately called Hassan and Hussein and Fatima. They came to him. He sat them next to him. Ali ibn Abi Talib was there. He stood behind him. He took his shawl and covered them with it all of them that means and he covered them with a garment okay and the garment was عباء. this okay what we wear to cover ourselves with and then he made this dua oh allah these are my family remove any impurity from them and cleanse them totally and clean them totally that's it so obviously that du'a is being accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is there to the day of judgment. Now, when we talk about Ahlul Bayt, the family of Muhammad sallam, we need to think of their root. Their root, of course, is Muhammad sallam. Okay? But from where? From Fatima. And wallah, it is so important for us to know who Fatima is. If you don't know the root, you will not know the branches. A lot of people don't understand. We need to go back. This Fatima is so important because she is everything to Sayyidina Muhammad. And this is something that Muslims can use to say that women in Islam are so important that the Prophet has shown it through Fatima. And I will tell you now why. And then later on we can talk about her children, Hassan and Hussein. And we could see the relationship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had with them So Fatima, Sayyidat Nisa'ul Alameen. Fatima is the leading woman amongst all the females. There is no female that will ever exist like Fatima. Neither in this world nor in the hereafter. And the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi said it himself and we believe in what he said. And the leading woman in paradise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade the fire to touch her. She will be among those people who will enter the f- garden without questioning. She will not even hear the sound of the hellfire. Never. Allah will never allow her to hear or see or smell anything to do with the hellfire. She will be in paradise from the fairest people who will enter with the Prophet. Sallam. Okay? she is also a part of Muhammad and this is strange because the prophet said Fatima uh, is also a part of me. he says that. and the reason is clear. now listen to prove those four. and عائشة الله anha, عنها أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يا فاطمة ألا تودين أن تكوني سيدة نساء العالمين one day, he calls her. Ya yeah, Fatima, wouldn't you be pleased and happy that you will be the leading woman among all the women of the world from Hawa to the end. No woman will have a better position than yourself. And the leading woman in paradise and the leading believing woman. Because not all the women are believers. So, generally, she is the leader of all the women from Hawa to the last woman that will live in this earth, and all the believing women from amongst them. And in paradise, no woman will have a better position than her. And this is something that we need to take seriously. Number two, and Hudayfa radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, malak lam yanzil al قَبْلَ هَذِهِ وَيُبَشِّرَنَي بَأَنَّ نِسَاءَ One day the Prophet was sitting and an angel came to him. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he saw him descending, he said to his family, tonight an angel who never came to the earth. And by the way, the angels, some of them they do come down to the earth, some don't. And they have different roles. And some of them, they wish to come when there is something good happening on the earth, to witness it. is why in Laylatul Qadr, many of them are allowed to come down. الملايكة والروح فيها. In Laylatul Qadr, a lot of the that are permitted to come down. And Jibreel, alayhi salam, in the midst of them, to come to prove to themselves that, yes, what Allah has created in Adam is the truth, which is Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam and the believing men and women who lived on the earth. And this angel who is coming now to me, Sayyidina Muhammad is saying, has just asked Allah to give him permission to come to me. And Allah said to him, go to Muhammad And he came and brought me the good news. That Fatima will be the leading woman in paradise. Especially Fatima will be the leading woman in paradise. Fatima Sayyidat Nisa Ahlul Jannah. It makes me feel sad. If Fatima is Sayyid Nisa Ahl al Jannah, how could Sayyidina Muhammad be Sayyid? If Fatima is Sayyidina, definitely Muhammad is Sayyid. And in the Quran, Allah mentioned many of the Prophet as being Sayyid. Okay? And therefore, he is the leader of all Asiyad, inshallah. Number three, Anjabir Ibn Abdullah al Ansari radiallahu ta'ala anhumah kal ala Rasululahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna masa may tubin Fatima. لَأَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ فَطَمَهَا مِنَ النَّارِ One day the Prophet said to the companions, Remember, oh my companions, I named my daughter Fatima because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden her from the hellfire and all those people who love her will be forbidden from the hellfire. This is serious. If you love Fatima, the fire will never touch you. Who says so? Sadiq al amin the truthful and the honest Sayyidina Muhammad. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now if he said that, of course I want to find a way to love Fatima because that is my guarantor to the garden. Okay? But unfortunately we as Sunni Muslims were so immersed in the political world and what's going on, we're looking at the Shia groups, who are talking about Fatima and Hussein and this and neglecting it's not a matter of Shia and Sunni. This is a part of our religion. This is what we need to think about. Because without it, we are depriving ourselves from finding a way or a path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A guarantee to allow us to enter paradise. And it is easier if we know how to do this, inshallah. Number 4 I'm Muhammad ibn Ali. He, صلى الله عليه وسلم says, Indeed, Fatima is a part of me. Whosoever annoys her or angers her has annoyed me and angered me. It can never be higher than that. Sayyidina Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم is saying, This Fatima is like me. Because she is from me. Of course, she is his daughter. But he doesn't mean it in that sense. He means spiritually me and her are together. Her station is high. And therefore, whoever accepts okay, to annoy her, he has accepted to annoy me. Anger her, he has angered me. So you should remove yourself from angering me by angering her radiallahu ta'ala anha wa arda'a. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Ma ra'aytu ahada min khalqillah ashbahu hadithan wa kalaman bi rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam min fatimah. وكانت اذا دخلت عليه اخذ بيدها فقبلها ورحب بها واجلسها في مجلسه وكان اذا دخل عليها قامت اليه ورحبت به واخذت بيده فقبلتها وجلست في مكانها Look at S. S. and his relationship with Fatima and why is he so close to her Aisha said I had never seen anybody from his family okay or related to him more closer in his speech or looking like him physically, than Fatima ta'ala. Anha. Nobody look okay, like the Prophet salam, other than Fatima Ta'ala. Anha. Fatima was so close. Fatima was so close to the Prophet salam, in her appearance. Fatima was so close to the Prophet salam, okay, in her speech. She spoke like him. If you heard her, you heard the Prophet. If you see her, you see the Prophet. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. However, she said something is strange. Whenever the Prophet, ﷺ, okay, Fatima walks into his majlis, he's sitting like this. Only he will get up from his majlis, he will walk to her, kiss her hand, and kiss her forehead, and sat her where he is sitting. Where he was sitting, he will sit her next to him. And the same thing Fatima will do. Whenever Rasulullah comes into her presence, only he sallallahu sallam, okay, will be treated by Fatima in the same way. She will get up, okay. she will get up from her place, she will go to him, she will kiss his hand, and she will kiss his forehead and sit him where she is sitting. This tells us something. That the Prophet is doing this out of respect to her. And respecting her as a daughter, it doesn't mean that he should not treat her. Okay? The way she should be spiritually. Because by the way, you could be very young in your age, but spiritually you are too big. And you could be very, 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 okay, old in your age and spiritually is like you are like an aunt. And subhanallah. In the day of judgment, when we are all resurrected before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are not seen like the way we are seeing one another now. In this world, we see the physical. But none of you can see my ruh or I can see your ruh. I'm speaking from my ruh and I could hear you expressing yourself through your ruh. Whatever you do, is the ruh telling. But the body, like the car, is doing the motion. But you and me inside we cannot see but in the day of judgment things will be turned upside down we will be looking at the inside and we will not see the physical and therefore Rasulullah said in the day of judgment people when they were resurrected if they were arrogant people they will be like mustard seed in their size they look so small to the believers and those who believe they'll be so big and subhanAllah, when they take those arrogant people and put them in the fire, Allah will make their bodies so huge spiritually so that they can be punished for what they have done. Denying the existence of the Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here, the relationship between Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam and Fatima radiallahu ta'ala is a spiritual relationship of realising and understanding the position of one another. When she sees him, she stands up. Yes, she is respecting him as a father. But we are all fathers. Our daughters don't do this to us. Okay? We are all children. We don't do this to our parents. But he used to do it in front of everybody, like a student to his sheikh, he will go to her, kiss her hand for her forehead, put her where he's sitting next to him. And when he comes to her, she will do the same thing to show that there is a special relationship between them spiritually. <laughs> now, if he sallallahu alayhi wasallam is in the journey straight away before he does anything he comes from his journey to fatima's house and everybody's surprised he doesn't go to where his wife is he goes to check on fatima how is fatima is she all right if fatima is all right radiallahu ta'ala anha muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is pleased if anything is not right then he is not pleased and subhanallah they say once upon a time he came to her and when he arrived, she was very, very sad. She was crying. And she didn't want to tell him what was wrong. So she, he entered. And he realized why she's upset. For Hassan and Hussein, her children were almost skeletons. They were so sick. And she was hiding the fact that if she told him because he loved them so much, she's going to be upset. Or he's going to be upset, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So she was trying to protect him. When he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, laid eyes on them and they were like skeletons, he just hugged them and cried and cried and cried so much. They say that his beard was full of tears and was dripping on the sand, like rain. Ali ibn al-Talib was standing. Fatima was standing. There was a girl in their house. They were all crying, for the crying of Rasulullah. Even Hassan and Hussein, although they were so sick, you could see them not feeling comfortable. The Prophet couldn't take it anymore. He just left. He was so upset, عليه الصلاة والسلام. And when he left, Fatima couldn't <laughs> understand how can her father be in this position? So she straight away raised her hand to the heaven and said, Oh Allah, you are the creator, the almighty, the Lord of the heaven and the earth. I am only your servant, I am only your servant. I want nothing from you but that which will please him. I am asking of you, O Allah. I am asking of you. If you will heal my children and make them feel better for his sake, sallAllahu alayhi not for, my, for his sake, so that I don't see him in the condition I saw him, I will fast three days for you. I promise you that. And Ali ibn Abi Talib sobbing, hearing her saying this with commitment and honesty and truthfulness in her tawajjuh to Allah, in her turning to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala, he turned and said, "Oh Fatima, I am their father. And they are a part of me. If by Allah Almighty God, my seeing of the Prophet being upset like that is upsetting you, it's upsetting me too. Oh Allah, if you heal them, I will fast three days. And then Hassan al-Hussain said to oh, him, we don't want to see our grandfather, Rasulullah sallam, being upset. Being upset for us, the world is no good. We are the ones who are sick. Oh Allah, please heal us. Not for our sake, for his sake, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if you do, we will fast three days. It is said that the girl who was with them in the house promised Allah the same way. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then cut himself off coming to their house. <laughs> Why? Because he couldn't bear to see them like that. And subhanallah, sooner they became better. And once Fatima could see they are better than before, she said, Oh Allah, I promised you and I don't know how long I am going to be. I'm going to start fasting tomorrow. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, If you are fasting, I'm fasting with you. Even Hassan and Hussein and the girl said, We're all going to fast. But you need to get better. No, we're going to be fasting. And subhanallah, the next day they started fasting and Ali ibn Abi Talib used to be very poor and Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha was never questioning his poverty because when he came to ask for her hand in marriage okay, I think Umar is there, when he came to ask for her hand in marriage okay, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that he is poor to her He is poor he doesn't have enough to look after you and subhanallah fatima says i will marry him for him not for what he owned or what he has because he had nothing but the horse he used to ride the sword he used to carry and the shield to defend himself that's what he had and he used to work for a jewish man earning only a handful like that of barley at the end of the day not wheat okay and therefore, when he used to bring it, when he used to bring it, When he used to bring it, radiallahu uh, ta'ala anhu, for the family, Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha with her hands, she used to take that and grind it. Okay, and make flour with her hand with two stones, one bigger stone and one still in some part of the world this message is used today. Okay, Still, although we are just going to the supermarket buying the flour already, still there are women in the world who are doing it that way. Okay, And their hand sometimes will bleed because of what they are doing. And Fatima's hand used to be like that. And subhanallah, that day when she fasted, she prepared five chapatis or breads and they only had that with water. And at the time when they are supposed to break their fast, somebody knocked at the door. And Ali ibn Abi Talib went to the door, and while he is standing, looking at the man who is asking, okay? Standing there saying, O oh, cousin of Rasulullah, O oh, father of the grandchildren of the messenger of Allah, I um, indeed, in need of somebody like you because you are the best people to come to to ask. I'm miskin. I don't have anything. I haven't eaten for days. Could you please find anything in your house to help me with? He went inside. The only thing he had is that piece of bread he had going to break his fast with. He took it to go and give it. When Fatima saw him seeing him doing that automatically she took because she realized he is doing it for the sake of Allah. She said, I will do the same thing. And then Hassan and Hussain took their bread and the girl took her bread and they all queued and gave it to the man. They came back, drank their water and fasted the next day. The next day, Fatima made her five chapatis, put them or bread on the table and another person mocked. And Ali ibn Abi Talib straight away went to the door and a man standing there saying, I'm an orphan. Oh, cousin of Rasulullah. Oh, father of the grandchildren of the messenger of Allah. I am an orphan and I have nobody to care for me. And I am hungry. I haven't eaten for days. He embraced him, wiped the tears in his eyes. He went inside, took his bread and everybody this time just took it and gave it to him. Two days now without food in that hot country. The third day, they completed their fast somebody knocked at the door, they all just took their bread and went to him and they can find the man, some chains in his hand and legs and he says, I was captured by the Persian and I managed to break my chain and escape and for days I was traveling and nobody is helping me. Could you please help me to eat something? They gave everything. Three days, no food, just water. Fasting to please Allah and to thank Him for the healing of those sick people who are fasting as well. Subhanallah, the next morning Suraam came with a biggest smile on his face. And when he came, he came to bring them the good news. And he embraced Hassan and Hussein and Fatima, okay, and Ali, and sat them down and said, Listen, Jibreel has come to me to give me the good tidings, the good news. That he is so pleased with you that even what he is going to provide for you in your garden is described in the word Jibreel brought to me in the Quran, in Surah Al-Insan. Allah And they will feed the food for no reason but for his sake, subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the miskin, okay, the poor, the yatim, the orphan, and the asir, the captured. And they said, when they gave, We are only feeding you for the sake of Allah. We don't want any reward from you. Not even thank you, we don't want. You need to think about this. These are people who are absolutely sincere in their love to the Prophet. And the Prophet was reading this and smiling. And if you go back home tonight, read the Surah. The Prophet, every Friday morning without fail, he used to read. Surah al Okay In chapter 21 Juzu Or Separa 21 Okay Before Yasin And he used to read Okay Surah Al-Insan In chapter 29 Juzhu Tabarak Now This is The surah before the last Okay Al-Insan Then Mursalat And then An-Naba Please Read this surah The description Of the place Where those people Will enter In the Day of Judgment Is so beautiful because of their love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely by loving Muhammad sallallahu and look what they did because they loved him and Allah is rewarding them for that so he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was too close to Fatima why is he close to her? because she is a part of him because she is spiritually close to him because her station is so high that she did everything to please Allah she never pleased anybody but him subhanahu okay now ali ibn abi talib like the arabs generally the arabs had a tradition if they have plenty they marry more wives to have more sons the more sons you have the more higher you are in the society so ali ibn abi talib was approached by a tribe men so that because he's a noble guy close to prophet salam They wanted their daughter to marry him. Fatima was so upset, almost tears in her eyes, shocked, came rushing to the Prophet ﷺ and said, "They do think, oh my father or oh Prophet of Allah, that you do not get angry for your daughters." She didn't say anything else. Just that. يزعمون أَنَّكَ لَا تَغْضَبُ لِبَنَاتَكَ This is what they are talking about outside there. You don't get angry for your daughters. So Rasulullah got very upset, went to the mosque and climbed on the member to speak. And all the people when they see him going to the mosque, they enter the mosque. They know there is something coming. So when he climbed into the member, he says, ألا anna bani hashim ibn al muqira في fi an ابنتهم ibnatuhum aliyan وإني wa inni la إني ولا inni wa la ولا ala inni wa la listen to me my companions oh who are gathered around me indeed bani hashim ibn al muqira have come to me to seek permission that their daughter will be given to ali for indeed, I will not give permission. I will not give permission. I will not give permission. He refused to give permission to them. Fatima tu bid'atum minni. Indeed, Fatima is a part of me. Anything that will upset her will upset me. Anything that will annoy her will annoy me. You should never ask for that. And let us go back. When Ali ibn Abi Talib came to ask for her, and the Prophet asked her and said to her, look, he had nothing but what you could see, his horse, okay, his sword, his shield, that's him. And look at her, I'm not marrying what he has, I'm marrying what he is. And he, then he, he cuddled her. That's the Fatima he wanted. Not a Fatima who is looking for the glitter of the world. Not a Fatima who wants to live the dunya and forget about the hereafter. The Fatima, he won the Fatima who will think of the position of those who are desperate around the world. Those whom he was sent as the mercy to. To salvage them, not from the difficulties of the dunya, but the difficulties of the hereafter. That is Fatima radiallahu ta'ala So he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when Ali asked for her and she gave her permission, he turned to Ali and said to Ali, she will not accept you to marry any other wife. I know her. Your condition is not to marry. And by the way, the Quran and the Prophet Sallallahu speaks about condition in marriage. Like any contractual agreement, usually you find the important notes written in small little letters at the end. In the marriage certificate, in the last part of it, in all the languages, they write conditions. And no imam will never tell the woman, you can have condition in your marriage. And many men don't know even. But I tell you, the Qur'an gives us the right to make conditions for our daughters. The Prophet made it for his daughter Fatima. Today, we have got men who go out of their way marrying our daughters and six months down the road, I want to marry again. I don't want you to marry. No, I will marry. It's Sunnah in Islam. Who says so? Who says so? The Sunnah is to marry one. The Sunnah is Khadija. As long as Khadija is alive and giving you what Allah wants you to have, then you stick with Khadija. When Khadija dies, you can marry as many as you want. This is the this is sunnah, my brothers. Don't listen to anybody else telling you the sunnah otherwise. Did the Prophet tell them marry while Khadija was alive? No. Why? Because Khadija was there. she's the mother of the children. And by the way, in the Quran, when Musa went to Shu'aib and Shu'aib asked him to marry one of his daughters, he said, in order for you to marry one, you stay with me eight years. This is my condition. I don't have a son. I need a man in the family. And if you make them 10, it better for you. Musa didn't know, but he, Shuaib knew because he is going to be his student and he will teach him to go back to Egypt and conquer, inshaAllah. That's the idea. So we need to think. And by the way, in Islam, a woman can ask, in her condition, to have the divorce in her hand, if she want to. And if the man wants, it's up to him. She can ask to be written down, you should not marry another woman, as long as they can live the life that you want me to live that i can give you children and that i can be the woman that you look up to that's it you don't have to do anything else fatima radiallahu ta'ala she was a poet and she used to love the prophet like nobody else she was always close to him wherever the prophet is you can definitely for sure no fatima is near because she used to love him so much. Now, she came to Anas Ibn Malik رضي الله تعالى عنه, after the Prophet ﷺ was buried. And she said to him, يا أنس Oh Anas, how could you find it easy in your heart to take your beloved Prophet and put him under the ground and throw the dust on him? Who will say that but somebody who loves him? Nobody will say this. And Anas was somebody whom people respected. And she knew he was close to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet loved him and he loved the Prophet. She was crying and saying, How could you dare to find it in your heart to take the dust and put it on the Prophet's body? Who will do that? And she recited while she's crying from her poetry. اغبار رأى wa wa alasrani." <laughs> فالارض من بعد النبي كئيبه اسفا عليه كَثِيرَةً الرجفان فليبكه شرق البلاد وقربها ولتبكه مضر وكل يمان وليبكه الطود المعظم جوده والبيت ذو الْأَسْتَارِ والاركان يا خاتم عليك منزل القران now when you read this poetry from her you could see the deep love in her heart for the messenger Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam because she looked up to him like that he is the man who was sent to the world of the mercy but she took it more than anybody else because she came from him she must be there, never here and therefore we always tell people, okay when your parents are leading in the community, when your parents are leading a religion, when your parents are practicing Islam don't let them down by staying here try to be there because at the end of the day, if you love them, you will be with them. Fatima loved Muhammad She was trying her best to prove to herself, to her children, to her partner, in Mary Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, to the people of the world, that I am indeed loving Muhammad as the messenger of God. What did she say? She said, السماء شمس النهار al العصران all the heavens okay are darkened and the sun eclipsed and the day become a dark time for indeed the earth after the prophet's death is sad sad and it is shaken because of his loss the east of the countries the west of the countries they should play a cry for the prophet loss and all the tribes of mudar and yemen should cry for him even the mountain should cry for him even the kaaba even the covering of the kaaba and the corners people come to hold and to touch and respect to the almighty allah oh you the seal of the prophet oh you who's sent as the light to the world may he The one who brought down the Quran to you, salute or give salawat for you as long as the world exists. This is Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. She lived a life close to the Prophet. (coughs) She carried herself to fulfill what the Prophet stands for. She never wanted any glitter, she never wanted any dunya. When Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib could not afford even to buy the cover that will cover her toes and her head, she could not find it in herself to go to Rasulullah Sallam and ask for help. Her father was the guardian of Baytul Mal, the guardian of the house of the wealth for the Muslims, she would not go and ask. And when Ali ibn Abi Talib pushed her to ask, <laughs> she was unable to say it properly. And the Prophet could see from her speech that she's ashamed of asking. But she's only asking because she wants to help her family. She was suffering. Her hands okay, were all broken because of carrying, of doing hard work, labor work. Okay? Grinding, all that which she needs to feed her family with, which is very simple. Her two sisters, okay, Rughaya and then I married one of the richest men, Sayyidina usman ibn Affan, and they used to send her things, but she never takes it. Not because she was trying to show any difference, but because she never wanted to put Ali down. She used to say to them, by accepting from you, I am showing my husband that he's not providing for me. I merit him for what he is, and who he is, and whatever he brings for me. I am 100% content with it. And subhanAllah, for that, Allah gave her barakah. When she sat and talked to the Prophet, Ali ibn Abi Talib was sitting cringing. And he only allowed her because he didn't want her to suffer. And Allah, the Prophet looked at her and said to her, Fatima, I could give you from Baytul Mal something to help you with. But wouldn't you love to have the better in the hereafter? She said, Yes, Ya Rasulullah. He said to her, Fatima, I have given the Muslim, subhanAllah, walhamdulillah, wallahu akbar to recite after the salawat. 33, 33, 33. I am asking you, okay, you should recite this as well before you go to bed every night. This is my gift to you. And if you read this, you will be content. If you read this, you will be content. This is so important that for all of us, you should remember. And therefore, the tasbih we do after the salah is essential. It's called tasbih of Fatima. Allah said about it in the Quran in Surah al and the remaining wonderful, beautiful words better for you with your lord. So when you finish your first Salah, if you can, don't leave your prayer mat until you read Subhanallah 33, Walhamdulillah 33, Wallahu Akbar 33, and finish with saying La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah and ask Allah, turn to Allah, ask of him to put the love of Fatima in your heart, the love of Muhammad Sallam in your heart and the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. It is so important. I cannot repeat it more. When Fatima married Ali ibn Abi Talib, Allah has given her her two wonderful children, Hassan and Hussein. Hassan and Hussein, they are not strangers to Muslims because their name is shining above every place of knowledge you go to. Many of the Muslims are named Hassan and Hussein. Many twins that are born are named Hassan and Hussein. Hassan and Hussein, Rasulullah Sallam, spoke about them as Sayyidi Shabab Ahl Jannah. The youth of paradise, they will be led by Hassan and Hussein. Hassan and Hussein were born and raised by Ali ibn Abi Talib and Fatima al Zahra, but always in the house of Rasulullah Sallam, in the masjid of Rasulullah Sallam. You all knew that they used to come to the mosque and they will find him in the position of prayer. They will climb on his back. He will carry them. Okay? And one of the people, when they saw one of them climbing on his back and he was prolonging the sujood, he said to him, O Messenger of Allah, wouldn't you just ask him not to do this for you? The Prophet turned to him and said to him, I would never do so. I would never do so. For he comes to do this because he loves me. By distancing him, you distancing the love of the child. Look at us today when our children are running around trying to play with us. Tell, Not now. Go away. I'm busy. I've got something to do. You are disturbing me. And subhanAllah, they will keep doing it because they are little. Two years, three years, four years old. They are little. They don't know. And then when you shout at them, they will cry from their heart. And their cry will come with naheeb <sighs> from their chest. Literally, as to say, you don't love me. And they will grow up with that distance from you. But if you give them a little bit of time, give them a cuddle, hold them, talk to them, this is what the Prophet used to do. And one day he was sitting with the companions, and a stranger came and sat from the nomad. And the Prophet was playing while he's talking to the companion. Whenever they come to him, we'll hold them, cuddle them, kiss them, let them go, hold them, cuddle them. And the man said to him, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, you cuddle and kiss them all the time. He said, yes, I do. Don't you have children? He said, by Allah Almighty God, I have 14 of them. But I never kissed or cuddled any one of them. The Prophet said to him, The one who does not show mercy, will never be shown mercy. That means by doing this to our children, <coughs> we are showing mercy. Hassan and Hussain grew up to be the grandchildren of the Prophet ﷺ. But because their mother loved the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so much, and while the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was dying, she was crying that he's leaving her, she didn't want to exist anymore. Please, Ya Rasulullah, do something. I want to be with you. He said to Ayah Fatima, Ibshiri, listen to the good news. You will be the first to follow me. Seven months later, she died. So <coughs> Hassan and hussein grew up without their mother. She left him. And Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Allah has given them the most perfect man to raise them in Ali ibn Abi Talib. Who was not just any man, but the door to the knowledge of Rasulullah He understood the meaning of how to live like Rasulullah He was close to him spiritually as well, so he raised them to be the best. And then, subhanallah, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala took the Khilafah. And he managed to control things and things were peaceful and he died Umar bin Khattab took by the advice of Abu Bakr Siddiq the caliph after him and in his time, things were getting even better and were improving and he was killed Radiyallahu ta'ala Uthman Ibn Affan was chosen after that and that was the first time one of the khalifs was chosen by elections. Okay? He was elected because there were three or four of them who could have taken the position of the khilafa. But then at the end of the day, the advice was given by Umar that ask the people whom would they like to be. And when they asked the people, the choice came to Uthman ibn Affan. And Uthman was killed while he's reading his Quran. So the fitness began to start. And then subhanallah, Ali Abi Talib took over. When Ali ibn Abi Talib took over, the fitan became even greater and the problems and the differences and the divisions. And he was killed. So only Abu Bakr siddiq died normally. Umar, Uthman and Ali were killed. Sidna al-Hasan, the older son of Ali ibn Abi Talib, was given the Khilafah. He took the Khilafah, but then he realized that the people are divided. And the majority were standing with Muawiyah ibn Abi Hussein Hussein was not happy with the situation that happened to the Muslim at that time. He wanted a change. He wanted things to be different. He wanted the Muslim to work together and to be united. But that will not happen. He supported his brother, Hassan. So he said to his brother, I would love to see you standing against the other camp and fight them and I'm beside you. And Hassan didn't want to fight. But with the pressure, Hassan was riding with his army. And when they arrived in the battlefield, Muawiyah, with the majority of the Muslims on the other side. Then Hassan was hearing Hussein telling him. You must fight them and stand by what we have received so that we can keep the position. But then Hassan turned to Hussein and said to him, I remember Rasulullah wasallam. once he was playing with me and said to me, O oh son, you will be the one through whom bloodshed will be stopped. You will be the one through whom blood sh- shedding will not take place. So he dismounted from his horse and went to Muawiyah and said to Muawiyah, today I will be the one whom blood will not be shed because of. I'm going to stop the fight. I'm not going to fight you. The Khilafa, is for you. Hussein was not happy. He didn't want that to take place. But because it is his brother and his older brother, out of respect he did exactly what his brother wanted. There is a lesson there for us that your brother, however, all the by one year, two years, you must respect them. For Rasulullah said in the hadith, Laysa minna man lam He is not one of us, the one who does not show respect to our elder. Elder here meaning even by one day. Your older brother, even by one day, you respect them. This is what Rasulullah taught us. So Hassan did what he did and Hussein did not. Although he was not happy with the decision and subhanallah soon hasan was poisoned and killed when hasan was poisoned and killed hussein was not happy and the people from kufa began to write because his father station was there they began to write wanting him to come asking of him to come to them because they will support him they will and subhanallah this used to happen before hasan was poisoned and he always he will tell Hassan, I'm going to go to Kufa. Hassan said to him, Don't go. You should listen to me. Don't go. Other companions who were close to them, they tell him, Please don't go. But when Hassan was killed and the messages were coming to him, he began to travel between Mecca and to Medina. And whenever he goes to Medina, the people of Medina said, Oh, grandson of Rasulullah, don't go. Whenever he comes to Mecca, Oh, grandson of Rasulullah, don't go. But then he decided he must go. It is the destiny. What is written by Allah He took his family and the children and they began their journey. When he began his journey, Taala Anhu. the news at that time arrived at the Khilafah seat. Who was the Khalifa? Yazid. And he was told, if he comes, the only thing he's coming for is to take over. And therefore something must be done. And subhanallah, by nature, human beings have evil in them. And those whom the evil is managing to control them, they usually go out of their way to do that which is evil. So some of those people who were inclined toward that, they went out of their way and they met Hussein with an army. Subhanallah, a family traveling with an army. When he was confronted and they wanted to fight him, he said, look, I didn't come to fight. I have been invited, I'm just going to visit those people and see that land. No. When he decided to negotiate with them and they were not listening, he decided to go back. I'm going to go back. They refused him to go back. And subhanallah, they have already planned to destroy him and his family for their own sake. And they killed him, and they cut his head, and they took his head and showed it to the Khalifa. And it was one of the saddest days in the history of the Muslim, fitna. Because from that day until today, the Muslim has never been divided more, fighting one another for a thing that had no meaning, no value, where Rasulullah was sent with the message of Tawheed. The message of unity, unity of Allah, can only be manifested in the ummah that Muhammad sallallahu is governing, is when we are united, body and heart. Because la ilaha illallah, there is none worthy to be worshipped but Allah. And Muhammad Rasulullah Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Well Qur'an kalamullah and the Qur'an that was revealed to him is the word of God. In it, Allah commands and says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم. Ya أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اِعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا O oh, you who believe, hold tight all together on the rope of Allah and do not disperse from one another. Hold all together on the rope of Allah, on the Quran, on the teaching of the Quran, on the teaching of Muhammad in following him, in loving his family and carrying that beautiful religion to the world. But the fitna is there. Rasulullah knew this. It is reported that once upon a time, he entered the mosque and climbed on the member and spoke from Fajr to Zuhur. And came down, prayed Zuhur, got up, spoke from Zuhur to Asr. Got up, down, prayed Asr, from Asr to Maqrib. Came down, prayed Maqrib, from Maqrib to Isha. And then he went home. Abu Huraira ta'ala, said, there is no fitna, no calamity that will take the human on the earth. From that time to Qiyamah, only he mentioned it by name. And the leader of that fitna, only he mentioned him and his mother's name. Everyone. It's a long hadith. Now Rasulullah SAW knew there's going to be fitna. There is going to be difficulties among the Muslim. And therefore he warned. He said, Al-fitna tu na'ima. Al-fitna tu na'ima. Fitna is <laughs> asleep. sleep. La'ana ayakadaha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will care the one who will wake it up. Don't wake fitna up. Why I'm saying this? When we come to the 10th of Muharram and we remember these calamities, the death of Hussein and many things that are happening, there are people who are now talking in the internet, discussing these issues, blaming this and blaming that. He is right and he is wrong. He will go to hell and he will go to heaven. Subhanallah. And creating fitna and division among the Muslims. That is not the role of the Muslims of today to sit down and judge things that happened almost fourteen hundred years ago. It doesn't make sense. If things that happened hundred years ago, fifty years ago, when you take them to court, people say, it's too old. We cannot judge it. The evidence might not be as sound as it should be. How could we, who are so further away by that, by time from the time of Prophet ﷺ, and those people who died at that time, come and judge it today? By what means? By what logic? We should not enter that. My advice to every one of us don't you ever debate those things. Yes, there were difficulties not just in the time of the fitna of Hussein, but before that. There was fitna at the time of the death of the Prophet in a Saqifah, at the choice of Bukhar Siddiq as a Khalifa. There was a fitna, okay? At the time when Sayyidina al-Khattab was killed. There was a fitna when Uthman was killed. There was a fitna when Ali was killed. There was a fitna when Hassan was poisoned. There was a fitna when Hussein was killed. And the fitna keep coming. We shouldn't. Don't discuss these things. Don't talk about them. No reputable, known scholar in the history of humanity, in Islam, has ever discussed those things or debated them. We are not here to judge. We ha- we should just think of how can we come together to do that which will benefit humanity, inshaAllah. Now, for me, the family of Rasulullah wasallam is very important. For me, the family of Rasulullah it has the best examples for us to live Islam, to be good Muslims, to do the right thing, to carry out the message in practice, and manifest it to the world, in being the kindest, in being the most merciful, in being the most generous, in sharing what we have with those we know and we don't know, because Islam, Islam is conveying Salam, and sharing your food with those whom you know, and those whom you don't. This is the idea. So please, let us remember these beautiful days, as they were remembered by our ancestors, as days, of bringing and uniting the Muslims. This is very, very important. Let us not have debates that has no position okay, in Islam, not have argument and fight about a thing that we have no knowledge of. We need to think wisely. What should we say? How should we say it? Be careful. What you say might be taken against you. Aware that comes out of your mouth, you can never bring it back. You see the little children who are two, three years old, when they say aware, they're not about there, they go off. They try to bring it back, but you cannot bring it back. This is something that we need to think about. However, in this month, especially Muharram, we need to remember what the Prophet taught us. That in this month, if we do one thing that would be greater than anything else we do, we must fast. And he emphasized in the fasting of Ashura or the tenth of Muharram. Last week I made a mistake when I was telling you. Yani, Friday was supposed to be the 10th. Not Friday is the 9th. Because the month started on Thursday. Saturday is the 10th of Muharram. So now, when we enter into Sunday, inshallah, and we're according to Islam now, we are in uh, Friday. Friday is the 9th. And Saturday is the 10th of Muharram. When the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina, he saw the Jews fasting. The nomads and the Arabs of Mecca, they used to fast in, in those months because they used to follow the religion of Ismail السلام, which is the Islam. So subhanallah, he said to the Jews, why are you fasting the tenth? And the Jews said, when Musa took money Israel and Allah opened the sea for him and the enemy drowned, when they came out from the other side, Musa fasted that day to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now I want you to listen with me. When Musa hit the sea, the sea opened, they crossed, and Faraon drowned, who came to destroy them. When they went to the shore, and they camped there, the first thing Musa did, he fasted, to thank Allah. And thereafter, every year, in the 10th of Muharram, it is reported that Musa used to fast. And Bani Israel said to Muhammad we are fasting to show gratitude to Allah. Now, think here. When Muhammad used to fast on Monday, the companion asked him, Lima Why do you fast on Mondays? What did he say? He said, It's the day I was born. So, because he was born as a mercy to the world, in the day, not in the date, in the day he was born, every Monday he used to fast. For what? To thank Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, if you want to celebrate your birthday, it's allowed in Islam. But do it like the Prophet did. Not blow your candles. Okay. okay? You can fast to thank Allah. You can pray to raga'at. You can b- make a meal, invite your friend to eat with you. Nothing wrong with it. You see? Somebody came to me and said to me, It's haram. It is bid'ah for uh, your school and you're the Sheikh for children to celebrate birthday. I said to him, Excuse me. Who said it's haram? He said, I am saying. I said to him, You are saying wrong. Are you the Prophet? He said to me, astaghfirullah, I'm not. I said to him, Read the hadith. What hadith? You're making bid'ah as well. I said, Not bid'ah. And I showed him the hadith. Report it. This is a true hadith. Sahih. Nobody can deny it. It's a day I was born. And this is my evidence for celebrating your birthday. Okay? So, subhanAllah, we need to equate those two. A day he was born, he is fasting to thank Allah on it. A day he was saved and his enemy was drowned, he fasts to thank Allah. In. That means anything Allah gives to us to thank him, let us do an act of good. Like fasting, giving in charity, sharing, inviting people. That's what you need to do. Our ancestors, our elders, you always did that. And we need to do likewise to carry on with this. So the Prophet ﷺ then said to the companion, I will fast Ashura. And he turned to the Jews and said to them, By Allah Almighty God, I am closer. I am closer. To Musa, and more worthy of doing what he did than you. And said to the companion, from now on I will fast Ashura. and fast fasted. And in fact, sometimes people used to come to him and he would say to them, do you know what they did? They say it is Ashura, 10th of Muharram. He says, have you fasted? They say, no. He said, stop eating. Complete the day. And go and tell your people who came with you in the journey, in the caravan, Whosoever is fasting, alhamdulillah. Whosoever is not fasting and has been eating, to stop. So when we were young, during the day, if we don't know Ashura, suddenly we had our breakfast and we're running about and suddenly somebody from the family come and say, did you eat? We say, yeah, we ate. Today the Ashura. And then we stop. And we complete the fast. That's it. To enter into the gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to tell you a few things about the importance of Ashura and think about it. Okay. And what the Prophet ﷺ said about this beautiful okay? day. <coughs> it is the day of the greatest forgiveness. The day of the greatest forgiveness. Qala Rasulullah Sallam. إِنِّي أَحْتَسِبُ عَلَى اللَّهَ أَنْ يُكَفَّرَ السَّنَّ This is in Sahih Muslim. The Prophet says, By fasting the day of Arafah, I hope that Allah will forgive the past year's sins and the year to come. So if you fast Arafa just now, the past year and the coming year hopefully, inshallah, Allah will forgive all the sins in those two years. But he said, By fasting of the day of Ashura, for sure Allah will forgive the past year's sins. So the whole year, whatever we committed in it, we believe if we fast this day for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake, whatever mistake we made, Allah will wipe them away and give us tawfiq. Okay? The Prophet sallallahu also committed himself before he died. If he lived for the next year, if Allah allowed him to live, he will fast the minds. The companion asked him why? He said to be different to the Jews. To do something that is different so that we are adding. So he said in the hadith, reported by Imam Muslim and Imam Ahmad. Sumu Yom ashura. Fast the day of ashura, the 10th of Muharram. Wa khalifu al yahud But be different than the Jews. Sumu qablahu yawman aw ba'dahu yawman. Fast the day before it, the 9th, or a day after it, the 10th. So those who are deciding to fast the day before, tomorrow morning you begin your fast and Saturday. Those who want to do Saturday and Sunday, same thing. No problem at all, inshallah. Do it. And that will be benefit for you. What is Ashura the then? Yawm at tawbah Ashura is the day of repentance and turning to Allah. Umar Mni Abdul Aziz wrote to his uh, ministers who were ruling at the time. And he said to them in a beautiful letter to remind them of what they should say in a day like Ashura. In that day say as your father Adam did. Our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. And if you do not forgive us and show us mercy, we will be among the losers. This is dua to read in that day. Say as Nuh said, Oh my Lord, if you do not forgive me and show me mercy, I will be among the losers. So this is the verse to read in that day. And say as Musa said, رَبِّ إِنِّي ظَلَمْتُ نَفْسِي فَغْفِرْ لِي My Lord, I have wronged myself, forgive me. All oh, those great men, imagine, they have done all good and they made little mistakes and still begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. كَمَا Say as, Yunus Matta, Prophet Yunus said, There is none worthy to be worshipped but you, O oh Allah, I have wronged myself or I am one of those who have wronged myself. okay. إِعْتَرَفَ الْمُذْنِبُ بِذَنْبِهِ مَعَ عَلَيْهِ If you agree with yourself that you have committed a sin and you don't deny it and you say to yourself, I am wrong and then turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will accept your repentance. Allah will never reject you or turn you away for Allah said in the Quran, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَآخَرُونَ اَعْتَرَفُوا بذنوبهم. خلطوا عملا صالحا سيئة الله أن عليهم. And some who come later, like our generation perhaps, okay? they committed sins but they did good action. okay They committed good okay? and they did wrong but they did also good. They realize that they have sinned, so they have admitted their sins. Ask Allah and Yetuba alayhim. Perhaps Allah will forgive them if they turn to Allah. Ask Allah in that day. So my advice to you, if you are fasting tomorrow and the day after tomorrow or Saturday or by itself or Saturday and Sunday, as you like. You can just fast Saturday if you want or Saturday, Sunday or Friday, Saturday, as you like. When you fast, spend your day seeking forgiveness. Remember Musa. Remember Yunus. Remember Nuh. Remember all the prophets who turned to Allah begging him for forgiveness and asking him for guidance. And Allah has guided them. Okay? And the best dua for istighfar in that day, Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa anta. Oh, my Lord, Allah, you are my Lord. There is none worthy to be worshipped but you you created me and I admit that I am your servant and I am fulfilling your promise or my promise to you okay? okay I am grateful for what you have bestowed upon me from your bounded and I declare that I have sinned and I admit I am wrong forgive me my Lord For no one else beside you can forgive the sins. So, inshallah, my prayer, my hope, we will pray for one another, we will pray for our partners, our children, our parents, our relatives, our neighbors, our Muslim brothers and sisters, the believers in the world, and the non-believing men and women, and those who are in trouble, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them. May Allah heal them. May Allah accept them. May Allah give them fear. May Allah give us all the success that we require so that we can live the deen. Today, it is time for people to realize there is no time for disunity. There is no time for fighting one another. There is no time. Qala Rasulullah La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah The best that I brought for you if there is none worthy to be worshipped but Allah. This is what the Prophet said. That nothing else is important. La ilaha illallah. This is it. كلمة التوحيد. The word of unity. كلمة التوحيد. The word of unity. We are here to unite. We are here to work together. We are here to support one another. Okay? المسلم المسلم. The Muslim is the brother of the Muslim. They, should do بعض. they support one another. The best of mankind is the one who brings benefit to mankind and people are always in need of people however only those who help will be helped inshallah let us help one another support one another I want us when we see people arguing to say forget about the argument forgive one another forgive for Rasulullah was commanded to take the side of forgiveness I am in the side of forgiveness however the mistake my brother my sister my father my mother anybody does against me I forgive that's it because this is our faith so may Allah give us tawfiq for that. If anybody have any questions, and then inshallah we'll make dua and let you go, because I don't want to delay you, tomorrow you are all working. Anybody have any question? <laughs> <laughs> Naam, my brother. So is, uh, of, uh, higher than right. Yes, the Prophet said, Sayyidat Nisa Al-Jannah. That's what the Prophet said. See, the leading woman in Praday, the, the bigger question could be asked, is she higher than Khadija? Her mother. <laughs> And she is. Yeah? She is. Because this is the stations. Yeah? Now, another thing you need to think about who is the closest human being to the Prophet? Who is the closest? Abuqar Siddiq. He's going to be the closest man to him. Yeah? That's the idea. And these are the stations. Allah gives from wherever you want. Wherever you want. Okay? Every one of us will have a station. And by the way, when you go to paradise, people think paradise is like a big five-star hotel. We're all going to have the same rooms. (laughs) Only the Prophet will have the bridal (laughs) suite. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Paradise, I'm going to tell you from now, imagine the lowest believer who will come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a fraction atom weight of Iman in his heart and has done no good. Nothing. Not one single iota of good did every wrong in this world and Allah then will take them as the last person from the hellfire and give them a garden or paradise or heaven, ten times that big as this earth. How about your prophet, sallallahu Think about it. In this pyramid business, everything goes back to him. His, his prophet is going to be too much. Okay? His prophet is going to because he's sitting on top. Everybody is praying, it goes to the... See? You pray for me, I pray for my sheikh, you pray, like that, and subhanallah, that I the higher, get more, more, and more, and the business goes, it grows. So you should tell more people. You see, I made it a promise, I will tell everybody. Okay? So that, because this is a beautiful thing, you can't keep it to yourself. I can't. One sheikh said to me, look, the circle I run, is a special circle, it's only for those people whom I want them to come. Every time you come, you bring a lot of people. I said to him, I love it so much, I can't hide it. If I don't come, I, I don't, if I don't bring people, I don't come. He said, no, I want to come. I said, no, no. I have to tell people. You see? You can't uh, deny people Islam. You see? You have to tell them, inshallah. Anybody with a question? Don't feel shy? Yes? Sister, yes, my sister? And Muhsin. Yes. Muhsin. Anybody else? Questions? The people are shy. Salamu alaykum Hafsa, How are you? Are you alright? MashaAllah, Nice to see you. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. good wa s-salamu alaykum. Are you okay? Alhamdulillah. we we'll say that Fatima buried. Where is she buried? In al-Baqiyah. Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, would love to have to be buried in with the Prophet <laughs> Yeah? Uh, but she said she doesn't want fitna. Yeah, she doesn't want fitna you know <laughs> these things are not just done randomly the room where the Prophet is buried this is the house of a Sayyida Aisha whether people like it or not where is Aisha buried? <laughs> look she's a learned woman she didn't say bury me in my room next to my husband okay no she didn't say that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha she was living in the room and the Prophet wanted to be buried there he says in the hadith, مَا بَيْنَ بَيْتِي وَمِنْبَرِي Okay? مَا بَيْنَ بَيْتِي وَمِنْبَرِي مِنْ Between my house and my member where I stand to speak is a garden of paradise. How then would you choose to be buried anywhere else? So he asked, he was buried there. Then Aisha used to live in the house, still. And the Prophet is buried next to her. That means nothing wrong. Like now Martin Links is buried in his house. His wife decided to bury him in the garden. Am I right or wrong? Nothing wrong with that. I wish I can do this in my garden here. So every day my family can pray for me. In the graveyard, nobody will come to me. <laughs> they will forget about me. Only the foxes in my house. <laughs> Drunken men and women. <laughs> and the bad people who come to do bad things. <laughs> so subhanAllah, when Abuq al Sadiq died, they asked Aisha, where shall we bury him? He said, My father is with me. Bury him in my house. So they buried him with the prophet. Because she knew. They were so close. Umar bin al-Khattab, before he died, he sent his son Abdullah to the Aisha, said to her, please, request from her that Umar loved the Rasulullah so much and your father, and they were together. Can he be buried there? She agreed. So Umar was buried there. Okay? Now, the ladies asked her, about her condition because when the Prophet was buried in the house, she was living normally with them, not covering herself, her hair. And when her father was buried, she was the same thing. Once Umar was buried, she started covering herself. So she said to her, What's wrong, Ya She said, He is my husband, he is my father, he is not mahram. But he is dead, she said, No. These are Ahya'un and Rabbihim you're the one umar died at the martyr, isn't he a Sadiq died in a station where allah said to him allah is pleased with you are you pleased with allah is he higher or a martyr is higher come on think about it okay Somebody said to me why do you call muhammad sallam say the shuhada he didn't die at the martyr. why do you call him the leader of the martyrs i said to him subhanallah are you crazy if somebody burning fire or being killed by somebody the martyr your prophet who died for humanity <laughs> he struggled for them he's the master of all the shuhada people don't sometimes don't think they don't think his station is higher than a shaheed definitely okay anybody else with a question and no, no question yes my brother Pardon? The station of Asabi. Aiwa? Yeah. Is higher than that of a of, of course. Of course. Allah said it in the Quran. Okay? The messengers? The prophets? Okay? The messengers? The prophets? Asaddien. Washuhada or Salehim. So the bottom is the righteous. We are hoping, praying to be among the righteous. This is what we are hoping for. The rest we have to forget about. <laughs> <laughs> we can do our our A- levels alhamdulillah. <laughs> the degree forget about it. Okay, the degree is the is the position of the okay being siddiq Sorry, being martyr. Okay, if if we if 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 we fight for it, we might get it. But then as This is it's huge. If a al-Siddiq, Iman is weighed on the scale, it over would be more heavier than the Iman of all the Ummah put together. Which of us can say that? And the same thing for Maryam. Maryam can Maryam the mother is Siddiqa. You see, and then Subhanallah, you have the prophets, and then you have the messengers. These are very, very, very high, very high. But we can strive to be righteous, inshallah. And if Allah wills it, we can die as martyrs, inshallah. Yeah. Allah bless you, mashaAllah. <laughs> inshallah, we see you, huh? Inshallah. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Question. Yes, sister? Naam? After Fatima died, he married. Yeah, he married. And by the way, the marriage. Uh, more than one wife, in Islam is recommended with conditions okay, and for reasons. The reason is if, for example, there is more women in the society that are not married and they want to find the right husband rather than people doing the haram and the wrong, okay, then with the permission of the wife that you are married to, you will pick somebody who is really in need of marriage. A woman whom her husband died, a widow. A woman who has many children, okay? And perhaps she uh, divorced her husband for a reason. You can marry her to look after her children. A woman who is uh, unable to support herself. Her family has been destroyed or uh, traveled away and she's alone. These kind of things, there are reasons you marry the second wife. But if you ask me, when people want to marry a second wife, they don't look for somebody who's older or somebody with children or somebody who's ill or sick. They look for the youngest, the most prettiest. <laughs> Where is the sunnah in that one? Any somebody who's 50 years old and he has got children and suddenly he's going and looking for 16 year old. What's this? If I'm a woman and my husband comes and says to me, Look, I want to do the sunnah, I'm looking for a 16 year old, say, Come on. Who are you cheating? <laughs> Why are you cheating? This is not... <laughs> yeah, it, it, had be, it had to be taken seriously. We are, we are taking this thing like a joke nowadays. We should take it really serious. We should look after... If we don't look after our children and we go around marrying here and marrying there and then we have no control over the children we have, then the society will be destroyed. Yeah, There are many societies that are now waste because children... Like, look at... In this society we live with, people talk about Okay? Homes whereby children don't know who their father is. And sometimes in one house, the mother have got too many children with too many fathers. Yari, come on, this is really neither here nor there. We need to be very careful. We the Muslims, Allah brought us all this way here to establish the deen through the unity of the family, the unity of the community, of the society, leading outside there, showing Islam is the most important religion because it gives that importance for the human being. وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمِ Indeed, we have honored the children of Adam. We are the children of Adam. We are honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Last week when I spoke about the seerah of the chain, of the Prophet I hope people understood. To have that chain is important. To know exactly where you come from. I want to know. You see? Anybody else? Yes, my brother? She was always in the Kaaba. Well, <laughs> I never saw her. I saw her many times in my dream. I never saw her with Nagab. I saw her face. I, this is what I saw. I always saw her without Nagab. And I saw her as a child. In fact, subhanAllah, I saw her when the Prophet was telling her about Ali to marry him. And it was the most absolute beautiful dream I had ever seen in my life. Okay? And I saw the whole thing as it was taking place. Just like a video in front of me. Okay? And I witnessed it. And I, when I was reading later on about certain things, then I found exactly what I read is what happened. You see? And in fact, there are things they didn't write, I knew. maybe the writers, they didn't know of. I saw in my dream. It's a long dream. But in any case, the Sunnah... Of the covering in Islam, okay, is the whole body. This is what the Prophet said, except for the face and the hands. This is the Sunnah. The niqab, my brother, is a tradition. The Christian used to have niqab, okay. Other societies who are non religious have niqab. The nobility in the olden days, a noble woman will not show her face to anybody, only to the Higher people. So they will open their face for the gentleman, but not for the servant or the slave or the working poor person. No. You see? Do you understand? So the Arabs had this tradition, and some nomads came to him and they asked him, okay, what is your ruling for women in the dress? He told them, covering all their bodies with that which is not see through, that which is not tight, that which is not revealing, that which was not. taken just to attract the other side covering all the body except for the face and the hands but they said Ya Rasulullah Arhamukumullah but in our tradition our women cover their face he said that can be done alright so it is an approval because Sunnah is what the Prophet said what he did what he approved this is one of the approvals the approvals is for certain people either you take it or you leave it you understand? For example, for us in my country, I always tell people, "Yani, we play drums. People say, oh, music is haram. I say, the Prophet approved it to us. You want to play with us? You can play with them. What's up to you? <laughs> this is written in the first Hadith book, which all the Hadiths in it are sahihah. Muwatta Malik. You know the Muwatta of Malik, of Medina. Nobody can pick any Hadith in that book and say, it is the only hadith, it is called the golden chain. There are four people either Abdullah ibn Umar al Khattab to the Prophet or Aisha to the Prophet. Who is Malik was taught by Nafi' and Nafi' will say, I was taught by Abdullah ibn Umar al Khattab or I was taught by Aisha. Who told them? The Prophet. So it's the shortest. There is nobody to say this is a liar or the hadith usually is da'ib because there is somebody whom we don't know who is it or known to have fabricated or lied. But the meeting is always correct. So in that, in the motta, my people came to the Prophet in his mosque and to show appreciation for bringing them the beauty of Islam, they sang and they danced in the mosque. And he approved them. So we sing and we dance. You want to join us? Welcome. <laughs> you don't want it? Up to you. Somebody said to me, but why didn't he approve the guitar and the sitar? I said, well, where do you see nowadays? People drinking and dancing. and We don't do that. Yeah, the drumming is for communication. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> yes, my sister. Um, have you got any books that you can recommend to, to ask that? It's about batim. Anybody read any translation? All the books I know in Arabic. Do you read Arabic? I am so sorry. I, I will ask, I promise you, when I come on Saturday, the day after tomorrow, here for the circle. <laughs> Pardon? Okay? okay. If you read Arabic, yes. I, there are very good books, inshallah. Uh, I have one book. I never give my books away because people take books and bring back. But I can give it to you. Let your father read it for you. I, I promise you, I brought that book. I used to read a lot because they say you can never love somebody unless you know who they are. Otherwise it's become void. So I used to do a lot of reading generally about Fatim. But I got one book and I took it I read it before I finished the first chapter I slept I saw her still at home. Yeah. And It's a beautiful book. Yeah, it's a very beautiful book. Now I'll give it to you. Yes? Pardon? Yes, we can, we can take one day and discuss more aspects of Fatima. Yeah? Inshallah. And my advice is let us first of all finish the seerah Prophet because we just began it. Inshallah, and the series, there are areas in the Sira that are so beautiful. It is involved. Okay? Even them, the family of Prophet We'll talk about it. But once we finish the Sira, then we can do a lot of different things. And I want to talk about, not just Fatima Zahra, I want to talk about the women of the Prophet Sallallahu Women like Thuayba al the fairest woman who gave okay, milk to Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi like Halima Sa'adiyya, Ummu Ayman Barakah, Al-Habashiyah, Aminah, Bint Wahab. Okay? We want to talk about the wives of the Prophet. ﷺ. People like Zainab, Bint People like Sauda Okay? People like Hafsa, Bint Umam khattab These are all important women in the life of Umm Salama, for example. She talks a lot about the Prophet. Then we talk about Aisha herself. Aisha, MashaAllah, the school. If people read about Aisha, we know who Aisha is. people talk today about giving the right for women to vote in England, about hundred years ago, Aisha was reading a bottle 1400 years ago. <laughs> yeah. This is very, very important. Women in Islam, really, if people know, to, to hear today, for example, women should be shut off, women should not go to the market, women should not teach, women should not mix. Rubbish. Rubbish. Really, I, I, don't, I don't know. I go to the Makkah and to the Kaaba. I always say to those people, I say to them, we are free mixing. Astaghfirullah, <laughs> hajj, 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 We are. But they can't say anything. They can't make barrier. They can't say, men make tawafna, women come later. This is, this will be bidah. <laughs> because this is changing the deen. <laughs> Let them try. May Allah help us. No, no, no. Really, Islam is simple. Islam is easy. Islam is about cleansing your soul. What the world is losing today, is the perfection of the spirit inside. <coughs> We're perfecting the creation outside. Beautiful building, beautiful cars, beautiful bedrooms, beautiful bed to sleep on, beautiful bottles to drink from, everything, even beautiful smart clothes to wear, beautiful makeup to put on. I see the children with their little gel in their head in the morning. <laughs> Everybody is worried about the appearance, but the inside, harab. It's ruined. You see? So, inshallah, Allah make it easy. I think we'll let you go now. Subhanak Allahumma نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا اله الا الله والله اكبر ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم يا مفتح الابواب يا مسبب الاسباب يا دليل المتحيرين يا قياس المستغيثين يا صريخ المستصرخين يا قبلة المتوجهين يا امان الخائفين يا كنز ضعفائي والفقراء والمساكين ها نحن عبيدك بني عبيدك بني امائك يا رب العالمين جلوس بين يديك يا كريم في هذه ليلة القراء ليلة التاسع من محرم يا ارحم الراحمين عاشوراء يا كريم عاشوراء يا رحيم عاشوراء يا ارحم الراحمين نوينا صيامها نرجو منك العفو والقفران ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وانت خير الراحمين رب اغفر وارحم وانت خير الراحمين رب اغفر وارحم الراحمين اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واسرافنا في امرنا وثبت اقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اغفر لنا اللهم لنا ما قدمنا وما اخرنا وما اسررنا وما اعلنا وما انت عالم به منا يا كريم. تبنا اليك رب من كل شيء لا يرضيك تبنا اليك ربي من كل شيء لا يرضيك تبنا اليك رب من كل شيء لا يرضيك تبت عبد ظالم لنفسه ولا حول ولا قوة الا بك يا رب العالمين اللهم يا رب ارحمنا رحمة من عندك اجعلنا بها من عبيدك الرحماء المرحومين واسترنا بسترك الجميل يا رب هيئ لنا من امرنا رشدا واجعل معونتك الحسنى لنا مدده بالاولياء الصالحين بجمعهم من جاءنا القران عنهم مرشدة فرج بفضلك الهي رب يا خير مدل أنا ما له يدا اللهم إنا نسألك سلطانا نصيرا وحظا عظيما وأجرا وفيرا وتجارة لن تبور وفقنا اللهم توفيغا مطلغا وارزقنا حلالا طيبا واسعا بلا كد تجب اللهم أنا بلا رد وآتنا اللهم كلمة لا ترد وادخنا اللهم الجنة بغير حساب إنك أنت الله العزيز الكريم الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ويا الله سبحانه وتعالى to bless this gathering and to allow everyone who have come to this gathering to know about the family of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to be among the family of Muhammad, وسلم, and to enhance their love for Muhammad, and to the family of Muhammad, and to draw them closer to Muhammad, sallallahu and to Ali Muhammad, sallallahu and to raise them to be among the highest Muslim, ya alamin. alameen. O Allah, we come to this place to ask of you to cleanse us. We have made intentions to fast the minds the 10th or the 10th and the 11th of Muharram, O oh Allah, to forgive our sin. We are here for you, grateful for what you have given us. O oh Allah, we thank you for Islam. We thank you for al-Iman. We ask of you to make us among those people for al-Ihsan. O oh Allah, we ask of you to heal our bodies. And we ask of you to cure our bodies. And we ask of you to heal and cure our hearts, Ya al Alameen. O oh Allah, cleanse our hearts from all hypocrisy. O Allah, cleanse our eyes from all that which is wrong and our ears from all that which is not for, uh, accepted by your sight, Ya Kareem. O Allah, we ask you to heal us and to give us fear to be among those whom you love, Ya Kareem. O Allah, remove all the barriers between us and Muhammad and allow us to see him in our dream. O Allah, and remove all the barriers between us and you so that we are closer to you. O Allah, we ask you to forgive our mothers and fathers, our ancestors, Ya Kareem, uncles and aunties, and our cousins, our brothers and sisters and nephews and nieces, our relations our relatives, those who are near us, those who are far, our neighbors, our brothers our friends, all those people who ask us to pray for them. Oh Allah, if we wronged anybody, we ask of you to forgive our sin for wronging them. If anybody else has have wronged us, oh Allah, forgive our sin for wronging them. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa whosoever forgive all those people who wronged him before he goes to bed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we not allow the hellfire to touch his body. May Allah subhanahu wa taala remove all the ill from our heart to be able to forgive anybody who have wronged us ya Kareem allow us to be among those who forgive, those who are seeking employment, may Allah employ them, those who are sick, may Allah heal them, those who are shelterless, may Allah shelter them, those who are hungry and thirsty, may Allah feed them and water them, those who are in war zone, may Allah give them peace and tranquility, my brothers and sisters in Gaza and Syria, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring peace into their land, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give tranquility to those people who are suffering, may Allah give healing to those who lost their beloved ones, O oh Allah, you know their situation better than us, you are the one who will justly deal with this situation. We ask of you to deal with it justly, Ya Kareem. Yeah. Allow those who are suffering to no longer suffer in your presence and put mercy in our heart to show that mercy towards them by supporting them and helping them oh Allah we ask of you for all those people of this land who have opened their land for us or our ancestors our parents to live here work here study here and find it easy peaceful that the people of this land will be shown by you the mercy that they will be guided to you anybody who is seeking knowledge may Allah open all the doors of knowledge for them us to be among those who are learning the kareem الجميل يا ربنا استرنا الجميل يا ربنا استرنا الجميل. i just received a telephone call from hamza he's in medina with zahra may allah their era for the Prophet May Allah allow them to be in the best position and all the veil between them and the Prophet will be removed and that they will see the Prophet and be with him. They have told me that they prayed for all of you by name. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept their prayers for us, and may Allah give them to a to return back properly to their work, and to be seen by us. sooner rather than later. ya kareem. If anybody sitting in this gathering, having any dilemma, any problem, needing anything, it is in their heart, make the intention so that Allah will give it to you and fulfill it for you. Allahumma ya Rabbi haqqa il-kullim minna ma yathbu ilayhi wa ma يا ربي حقق لكل منا ما يصبو اليه وما يرجو يا ربي حقق لكل منا ما يصبو اليه وما بحبك لنا وبحبنا لك يا كريم محبتنا نبيك المختار و اله الاخيار يا ارحم الراحمين سبحان ربك رب العزه عن ما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين جزاكم الله خير